Good morning. We find ourselves in very interesting times and our Bible reading today, I think, holds great merit in encouraging us as we face our day-to-day lives. And if you're with us on our online church platform this morning, I encourage you to look at today's Bible reading in the Bible that can be seen on the tab to your right. You know, last Sunday was, of course, Easter Sunday, and we were exhorted by Stuart to go as followers of Jesus to go into our world and spread the message of the gospel in whatever ways we can. And those ways might be different to the ways we have in the past, but to show love and care for our neighbours. And this is the mission of the church. And it's crucial that the church stands up in times of crisis. A city on a hill should not be hidden, but should shine brightly for all to see. And that doesn't mean that following Jesus is always easy. And in today's passage, we see some of the struggle that comes with believing, Particularly, we see the story of Thomas, who perhaps at times has been unfairly labelled the doubter by commentators and Bible translators. It's natural for us as human beings to want to see proof, to want to see God, in fact. If not to see, then perhaps to feel or have an epiphany that makes a profound mark on us. And what I love most about today's passage are the words that Jesus speaks that can be quite profound. And I know that so often when reading the Gospels, I have glossed over the words of Jesus at times, thinking that I know what is really being said, or that because I've read or heard them before, I I do know them. Particularly if the passage is a familiar one for me, like the Sermon on the Mount, or well-known stories of the woman at the well, or the raising of Lazarus. I've come to realise that I need to be less hasty when reading the words of Jesus. Because when I do, I'm struck with something profound, often what I have not seen before. See, the first thing we hear from Jesus as he appears to the disciples after his resurrection, it's very simple. He says four words, peace be with you. Peace be with you. It was night time and the disciples had gathered together. They'd locked the doors, perhaps in fear of further retribution that could come their way as followers of Jesus, He'd just been crucified by the authorities not long before. And Jesus appears to them. Bam, in the room, there he is. And, I mean, the Jesus that they had seen had done some pretty incredible miracles in his earthly ministry. But he was a man who had quite obviously died in a brutal way before their eyes, standing before them, risen from the dead, appeared in the room. And Mary had told the disciples that she'd seen Jesus risen, but this was something else. And you imagine the first words that Jesus speaks to them are going to stay in their minds. It's going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. His first words were, peace be with you. Not, here I am, guys. Good to see you. Hey, how's it going? Peace be with you. And this greeting has many layers. As a Jewish person, it was not uncommon to greet someone with peace. Shalom being the Hebrew word that is used, it's a word that extends beyond our rendering in English because shalom is much more than just peace. Shalom was to be felt, experienced. Peace as a part of being who God is. Peace as an extension of God that is in you and in me. When you say peace, when you said shalom, you meant God in me is greeting God that is in you. Because the very nature of God exudes peace. We see this in other parts of Scripture as well. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon erected an altar and called it Jehovah Shalom, 
God is peace. God exists and God works through peace. So this was not a trite greeting. Jesus was before them in the fulfillment of all that he had said previously. All he had taught them would have been so much to take in. Jesus himself, God in flesh, peace in flesh, the God of peace. Scripture, of course, tells us that Jesus himself, he is our peace. He brings peace and he made peace for us. And we saw that gloriously last weekend. He then showed them his hands and his feet, the scripture says. And again he said, another time, peace be with you. What has struck me is that peace was with them because Jesus himself was with them. Next in the text, he commissioned them, just as Stuart encouraged us last week, to go, to share the message, the love and the peace of God. And this is John's equivalent of the Great Commission that's mentioned in Matthew 28. And it lets us know that there is still work to do, just as it was then for the followers of Jesus, the disciples. It is fast now, the followers of Jesus. The church has a job to do, especially in our current climate. And just as Jesus was sent to us, so we are sent. After all of this, we see that Thomas wasn't there. He missed out. He missed out on this amazing moment. And I don't know about you, but maybe you feel like you're missing out on some moments at the moment as well. You're missing out on key dates in people's lives, holidays, birthdays, things of import, church. Maybe you feel like you're missing out. But Jesus is there for you. He can be with you in this time in ways that maybe you haven't experienced before. And this is where, as I reflected earlier, I often have read this story and glossed over the words of Jesus. There is more than meets the eye going on here. For Jesus appears again one week later and he says, again, peace be with you. This time Thomas is there. It's never a mistake when words are repeated in Scripture. And this is a well-known literary device that was supposed to draw our attention in ancient literature. It increases the emphasis. It's like putting an exclamation mark on it. What hit me here is that Jesus didn't change his greeting at all to his disciples. He didn't change from, oh, peace be with you to, hey guys, me again. No, he said, again, with Thomas there, peace be with you. This was a continual thing. This was an ongoing thing. This was something Jesus was bringing to his followers and he brings to you. Thomas was then instructed to touch his wounds, to see that it was him, to see that it was Jesus. And today, the peace of God is for you. Jesus is for you. He's for me. Seeing Jesus was an amazing experience for these men, but it wasn't the most important thing. Understanding what he had done, what he had achieved was, that he had brought peace to them. And this can be seen in the next verses, in fact. One of the very famous verses in this passage is verse 29, 30, and it says, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed because anyone who did not see the resurrected Christ physically but still believe received the exact same peace that Jesus brings. Peace that is with us 
in times of crisis. Jesus, who is with us in times of crisis. This is a glorious blessing of believing in Jesus Christ. And the passage finishes by saying that Jesus went on to do many other signs. He did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. But what was written, these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. A life with Jesus is not a life free from trouble. We just need to look around to see that. But a life with Jesus is a life with the one who is our peace. Peace be with you. Amen.